Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Let's let's talk about 4th of July. Yeah, let's talk about 4th of July. Um, I've got this massive fucking bug bite on my arm. I don't know if you can see it. It's huge. Yeah, it's been there. <laughs> it's like yeah. a whole other boob. It is. It's even got a nipple on there. <laughs> and um, it has gone down, but... Honestly, it's like the worst feeling. I've never had a bite this bad before. Yeah, that's really weird. I'll post a photo on my story for everyone who wants to look at it. I'll post my third boob on my story. (laughs) (laughs) That'll get us followers. Yes. (laughs) This girl's showing her tits. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would just like to say I find it really funny that both of us were hungover after like three drinks and couldn't even record (laughs) three hard seltzers to be exact not even like tequila sunrise or like what's that really strong cocktail with the tea jungle long island oh long Long island Island iced tea yeah i had three of them i'd be thrown up in the toilet yeah yeah no we're just both like such old ladies i had like three like cans of beers and i was like (laughs) Nah, mm-hmm. like Izzy, can we record tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah, we're such old ladies. I know, but it was my first Fourth of July because I was always working on Fourth of July. Oh. Um, in the past, so this is my first Fourth of July where I went to like redneck America, and <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, is that I mean, story? I don't know. No, no, no. That's anyway, fine. that's, I'm sure the people who I'm talking about do not care and they would call themselves that as well. But yeah. it was pure chaos. I felt <laughs> like I was in a war zone. There was like fucking fireworks everywhere going off like 10 feet away from me into like someone's garden. They were like firing mm-hmm. them at each other. And I was like, what on earth is going on? What is this? Yeah. And then, Chase's friend, he's probably not going to listen, so it's fine. He spent like $250 worth on fireworks and he had this Mm -hmm. big old box of like, who the fuck knows what. And it's just insanity. And then everyone was so calm and it was odd. (laughs) They were going to say so drunk. I was like, yeah. Drunk, but like they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, just going to light this rocket in the middle of the street. Yeah. Oh, there's a car coming. Still going to do it. It, Welcome to America. That's that's what's crazy. <laughs> but what I did like is I was driving home. Well, Chase was driving. No way. I was driving after my three hard seltzers. Um, <laughs> we were driving home. Our whole street is just like filled with fireworks. And we were like creeping up really slow. Everyone was really nice. They moved the fireworks out of the way. We rolled the wind down and wished everyone, you know, happy for whatever. And then as soon as we pulled into the drive, it was like, pew, 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 bang, 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 bang. And poor Arthur, he was terrified until we got inside. Yeah. Then he was fine. Wait, did he come with you or was he inside? No, he, we dropped him off at our mother, my mother-in-law's house. That's good. And, um, yeah. yeah. Which he's, he was fine when he was inside, but getting from the car to the house, um, I thought he was going to shit a brick. Yeah. He was terrified. <laughs> poor guy. I know. Oh, well, that's that's what I feel like we forgot to talk about it last week. So sorry, everyone who were maybe looking for like firework tips from us or something. But yeah, we kind of just I, it, yeah, <laughs> it just snuck up on us. Fourth of July. It doesn't feel like like the weather in Seattle has been it's fine wow. now, but it's it's been rainy like up until like it was rainy last week. So yeah. it just didn't feel like Fourth of July. And so I and it's forgot. not really a holiday for me. So. Yeah, there you go. I <laughs> haven't English, celebrated. I haven't celebrated Fourth of July in a few years either. Oh and yeah, I was, yeah. So because I was in the UK, and so I was so excited for this year's Fourth <laughs> of July. I was like, "Here we go! I'm going to be." I mean, not like your people with the crazy fireworks, but I was just like, "I'm going to be on a boat in a bikini and drunk." Like that was the plan. And then that got canceled because of COVID stuff. Um, kind of late in the game, it got canceled like two weeks ago. But it's fine. Like I understand. I was going to a friend's lake house, and they you know, kind of decided maybe they don't, shouldn't have a big gathering and it's fine. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a Sounds good you know, decision. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Yeah. So it makes sense. So anyway, I was in Seattle instead and we just like went to a family friend's house who was kind of having a barbecue, like social distance, 
chill and had my three beers and played croquet and that was about it. Like, it was just it was played croquet. It, we did. We played like lawn games and <laughs> and just chilled. Um and yeah. It was fun. It was fine. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was just it was wasn't kind of, on a boat drunk. Yeah, I wasn't on a boat drunk. I wasn't in redneck America. It was a little bit of a letdown. But at the same time, I kind of had like this thing in the back of my mind of like, I don't know if I really want to like celebrate America that much right now either. So it was kind of fine because yeah. You know, I like think a lot of people are feeling that way. Yeah. It's like I am American. You know, it's not like I'm shitting on America, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's some things that need to be improved. So it was maybe okay that I wasn't out there in my like red, white, and blue bikini being yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah, America. Because I think it, not, <laughs> it wouldn't have been, <laughs> it wouldn't have been correct, basically. Yeah, empty words. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Drunk words. Um, and it's probably good because I yeah. think if I had any more than those three beers, which I was definitely planning on doing, if I was at the lake, I would have been out, out for yeah. the count. So someone holding your hair back. Yeah. Barfing over the side of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Glory days. Um, it's okay. One day we'll just rent a boat on Lake Washington and. Yeah. No, yeah. we're going to, we're going to be all like. Yeah, we're retreat. Oh my God. Yes. You know what? No, but if it's us. If it's us too, we're just going to end up like bringing the dogs with us and we're going to be like, okay, do they have life vests? Do they have water? Do we have enough treats? And it's just going to be <laughs> like, we're going to all get all like dog mom with it. And <laughs> it'll be great. Anyway, I hope everyone else's doggos were okay. Yes. I hope everyone else had the, had an okay 4th of July and dogs didn't get too scared. Loopy and Albie were fine. I think it's also because there wasn't really many fireworks around. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, let's go ahead and introduce our guest for today. Yeah, um, so we are having on Graham the Dentist. Graham the Pet Dentist. Um, (laughs) He's he's so cool. He was a cool guy to talk to. But also, I was really excited for this because Lupin is old and has bad teeth now. Even though I thought I was doing everything Mm -hmm. right, like for his whole life, I thought I was giving. Yeah, I was basically (laughs) proven completely wrong all around. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so basically, you know, we're just going to give you some spoilers for the episode right here. It's just that brush your dog's teeth. Yeah, bones are bad. Brush your dog's teeth. That's the answer. The the drop, the chews, the whatever. Like maybe they'll help, but but at the end of the day, the best thing is to. Put time and commitment into training your dog to be okay with brushing their teeth and then exactly. actually consistently brushing. Um, so that's the answer to everything, basically, which is really depressing because I was like, oh, Lupin gets bones and they're like raw and they help scrub his teeth. And, and Graham was like, no, anyone who does that is helping me with my retirement, basically. Like, I make money off of you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Exactly. So... Yeah, um, but he works for the University of Wisconsin. Yes, yeah, he's an actual like pet dentist. dentist like, yeah, yeah. Um, which, for those who don't know, you so you go to vet school and then you have to go to like additional school to be like a specialty dentist person. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only did he go through medical school, he also went through like a residency program. Yeah, to get his board certification. So, um, yeah, he knows his shit. He definitely does. He's like, we were trying to record with him and like schedule up a time and everything. And he was like, well, I have a surgery with a polar bear on Monday and then a tiger on Tuesday. And it's like, what? Like, this is so cool. Who are you, Graham? Yeah. Who are you? (laughs) They're so cool. And he just does some like really intense kind of dental work on a bunch of different animals, but then also like a lot of the, the canine stuff that he does was just so interesting um he kind he tells us a little bit about it but yeah I'm I was really happy to have him on because you could tell one he was just a cool guy but two he was just so knowledgeable yeah I really enjoyed talking to him um learned so much so so much so I really hope everyone likes it um so tune in it might be another one to get the pen and paper out yeah um but yeah enjoy let's bring him on hold on what two notes about it? Oh, one, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one is that I had to leave like kind of near the end of it, so I just get right bars done. Yeah, I, I had an appointment. <laughs> okay, to get my eyebrows done, and 
And I thought we were going to be done in time. It's been a standing appointment for a really long time and I couldn't cancel because then she charges me a lot. So yeah, so I had to leave, but it's fine because Izzy wrapped up. And then also there is a little bit of background noise on Graham's microphone, but it was just his dog Tyson, like clacking around in the background on the hardwoods, I think. So it was just, he was cute. Clacking Tyson's around. adorable. So we're fine with it. Um, yeah, I think that's all. Oh, enjoy. Whoop, whoop. So let's roll on into this and start off with the first question here. Graham, if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners and um, kind of give us a little summary skim of your life professionally and personally and kind of how you got to where you are today. Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Graham Thatcher and I'm a board certified veterinary dentist and oral surgeon at the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine. And my route to landing here is quite um, tortuous. I started at the University of Guelph in Ontario, Canada in 1992 uh, with the vision that I would be in vet school by 1994. uh, And that didn't happen. I enjoyed life too much, I would say. (laughs) And um, two applications during my undergrad degree didn't get an admission. So I went to Korea to teach English because uh, there are a lot of opportunities there. And I spent about eight months there before I got caught teaching without the, the proper permit. Um, I can sympathize with that. <laughs> did that happen to you too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was detained. Is that the eight-month mark too? <laughs> did you go to prison? Did you go to a detention center? No. Um, I So they took us to the police station and... Um, I don't really know what happened because I couldn't really speak Chinese. They just made me sign something and I gave them $1,500 to let me go. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds very similar to what happened to me. My boss ended up showing up because I I ratted him out. (laughs) And there were a lot of white envelopes traded from breast pocket to breast pocket. And next thing I know, I'm on an airplane to Japan um, where I went to an internet cafe and um, met up with uh, one of my old lab partners from undergrad. And he was, he was on his way to Taiwan, uh, to Taipei. So I, I met him there, spent two and a half years teaching kindergarten in Taipei um, with no intention of, you know, coming home because it was, it was lucrative. But I still, I, I, I couldn't get the, the itch for veterinary medicine out of my mind. So I, I so I, I went back to Canada, wrote the test, and didn't get in. Oh, <laughs> no. So that was application three. And I thought, um, like, friends of mine were just telling me to give up. And, and you know, maybe you can become a pet detective and make light <laughs> of it. And I just didn't, didn't want to give up. So I went back to school and did what, what's known as a victory lap. Um, mm-hmm. I just... Went back to Guelph to my alma mater and did a, did a, a semester of courses that would all um, replace other courses on my transcript for the whatever their their core required courses were for the application. And um, so I got into vet school in 2001, finished 2005 with the intention of uh, working for a couple years um, and then going back and doing an internship and residency. But I just wasn't sure. Uh, what I wanted to specialize in. I actually thought probably orthopedic surgery. I did carpentry for a couple of years between at, while I was back in Canada trying to get into vet school. I had two years there and I worked for my dad who's a carpenter. So I really, I really enjoy that. And I, there are a lot of parallels um, um, with, with orthopedic surgery. But one thing led to another with my first job in, in Ottawa and um, met my wife. Um, I was offered a uh, partnership at at the hospital. It's a big referral center, so I, I took that opportunity and realized, okay, I'm not I'm not going to become a specialist. I'll just be a business person. And um, <laughs> I I filled in for um, one of our primary care vets uh, who was on a maternity leave and moved into a full time um, primary care, so general practice. Previous to that, I was doing a mix of emergency and, and GP stuff. Uh, but when I moved full-time into primary care uh, is when I really discovered dentistry. In vet school uh, at Guelph, 
like most of the schools in North America, dentistry is either not in the curriculum at all or very minimally. And, and Guelph had four hours of dentistry um, in the four years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, Which is that's crazy because very... it seems like quite a routine thing. Absolutely. It, it's absolutely crazy. And that's, that's standard um, across North America. Um, but I skipped those four classes <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Why the hell would I go to dentistry class? <laughs> um, and it's only four, it's only four lecture hours. So it can't be worth a lot. <laughs> my final grade. Um, so my eyes were, were, were opened up um, once I got into primary care practice and realized that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I had a really great mentor, Dr. Hillary Meller, she had just come back from a North American veterinary um, conference course on dentistry, um, continuing education to improve her skills. And that course, um, you know, basically told her she, she decided after taking that course that, nope, um, I'm not doing dentistry. And she turned to me and said, you're the dentist. And <laughs> I panicked, uh, <laughs> bought a book, started taking courses. And I realized and recognized very quickly how um, impactful um, just basic dental care is on, on pets' lives. Um, you know, taking them from what, you know, doesn't seem clinically uh, painful or uh, a major issue, all, all you need to do is clean, clean up the mouth, remove really severely diseased teeth, and all of a sudden these dogs are running faster and jumping higher. And the owners recognize it. It's it's very tangible. So that's when I I started to, you know, feel the gratification. And so I reached out to our dentist. We had a dentist at the time. Um, I took him out for for a couple pints of beer and got him a little tipsy and made him promise to take me as a resident. Um, and one thing led to another. Uh, six years later, in a part time residency program, I finished um and became board certified so did the board cert the board examinations passed those and in a weird turn of events my wife and i put an offer on a farm and i was going to drop down to three days a week and she was going to quit her job and we were going to kind of live off the grid we were so excited about this property. It was basically 400 acres of forest with an operational um, maple uh, sugar farm, two lakes. It was just a dream come true. And You're giving us the like Canadian stero- stereotype right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's beautiful and outdoorsy, and then we also have a maple farm. So. Yeah, <laughs> and you know a brook running through it with trout. It was like. Mm-hmm. In the Gatineau Hills, which we call mountains, I know they're not, but it, it was it just like the, this fantasy dream we had. And we, we lost the farm in a kind of a bidding war. We didn't get it. Yeah. Super depressed on a Sunday, went to bed, woke up Monday morning, and I had an email from the, um, the dentistry service, dentistry and oral surgery service at the University of Wisconsin asking me to apply for the position. Um, and, you know, I said, what do I have to lose? Um, there are some, some really great, great things about, about the, the opportunity here at Wisconsin. One, both, both of the, the dentists that I would be working with are founding fellows of oral, oral and maxillofacial surgery. So I could do a fellowship and get additional training. I, I would get to train residents, get to do some, some research and, and, and things that I, I wouldn't get to do in private practice. Mm-hmm. And, and coming from a private practice residency, I didn't really have the, the didactic training. I didn't have the, I guess, the chops that I, I felt I wanted to have. Um, sure, I passed the board exam, but I didn't feel like I was the best dentist that I could be. And I knew that if I went into academia, you know, that's, that's a real, real great avenue for me to grow and improve not only my skills, but my general knowledge. So it's a good thing that you didn't get the farm. Otherwise, you would have been in quite the predicament that morning. You just got yourself a farm and this great opportunity. (laughs) That's right. You know, honestly, I wouldn't have, I I would have just said, oh, that's cool. 
rip. Yeah. <laughs> but hindsight, um, I'm really, you know, glad that things worked out how they did, how they did. Um, I'm, I'm not one to say no regrets because I, there are lots of things I've done in my life that I regret, but I, I don't regret coming to Wisconsin. We just saw Tyson on the video. So if you could tell us more about your dog as well, it sounds like he has quite the interesting story. Yeah, Tyson, he's, under, he's right at my feet sleeping. Tyson, <laughs> Tyson's a, a pretty special dog. Um, I'll, I'll tell the story from the beginning and try to, it, this story can, can last for two or three hours. So I'm going to try and get it in <laughs> in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Tyson um, came to me through social media. Uh, there was a, a veterinarian from, I believe, the Netherlands, um, and sh she was just finishing vet school. And before they graduate, they're they're required to do a certain amount of time, whether it's three or four months, volunteer work. And she was volunteering for um, an NGO actually based in L.A. called Paso Pacifico. And this was in Nicaragua. And as a veterinarian, she was called to go to this farm that was part of uh, um, part of the, the NGO's, um, land, um, and the farm was managed by a gentleman who had a dog and he had accidentally injured his dog. Hmm. Clearing the brush, um, with a machete, he swiped through, um, Tyson's muzzle. So the, the machete went through his upper jaw. So just over his nose, over the, the bridge of his nose. Into through his palate into his mouth, cut his tongue and into the lower jaw. Oh, oh my goodness! Uh, you could you can see pictures of it on on my Instagram and videos. Yeah, you could actually take his nose, spin it around, and touch his eyeball with it. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's horrific. Yeah. So this this <laughs> veterinarian um, was sent to assess and euthanize Tyson because they didn't think he could survive like that. But when she got there, she realized that the, the wound was not fresh. Um, it had been there for some time, whether, you know, weeks or, or even potentially months. And he was able to prehend food. One of the videos you can see on my Instagram, you can see him pick up a carrot off the ground. I don't know if you've seen that one, but he, he, could, he picks up a carrot off the ground and you can see the carrot through the top of his nose oh my goodness. in his mouth. Um, but so she, she, she assessed him as, you know, relatively comfortable and tolerant, um, half decent body condition and thought maybe this can be fixed. Mm -hmm. And she posted it to a, a pretty common veterinary uh, site. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, grand pet dentist, can you fix this dog? And I obviously <laughs> said, of course, Duh. Like, Do you know uh, who I am? <laughs> I'm a pet dentist. Come on. <laughs> I had no idea if I could fix it. But I knew I had uh, some good support uh, from the orthopedic surgery team that worked with me to fix it. Mm -hmm. So the challenge was Tyson was in Nicaragua and we were in Ottawa and we, we, we needed to get him up there before a, a certain deadline. And I think it's October 1st, it might be November 1st, that the airlines won't fly pets in cargo because the because of temperature regulations right regardless we had everything lined up and then the airline backed out on us saying that they didn't want to f transport the dog because they were worried about you know if there's a problem because of his health mm -hmm. um, they were worried about liability so then my wife and i got in touch with the with cbc um canadian broadcasting corporation and we um Got a, got a story going that got picked up by a bunch of media and kind of inadvertently shamed the airlines. And we're really <laughs> lucky because United um, and Air Canada basically said, oh, we'll do it. And we got some really good publicity out of it. And then we also were lucky that Tyson got flown um, uh, up for free. So all we had to do was pay for my wife to fly down because he had to have an escort. So yes. my wife escorted him back. He spent a couple weeks in the hospital before we did any surgery, did the surgery, all the while planning to send him back to Nicaragua. Um, that's where the story turned into. He missed a his bit. flight. Yeah, he missed his flight. <laughs> <laughs> he lost him. Just in way. <laughs> no, actually, the story got a little bit crazy. Um, 
we, well, we obviously fell in love with Tyson and it was going to be really difficult to see him go, but his, his owner went missing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So the, the NGO said, is there any chance you could keep him there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. like, silver so, lining. We love him and yeah. we didn't want him to go anyway. So yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's the most ridiculous dog. Um, he's, he's wonderful, playful. Most people think he's a puppy, even though he's probably, you know, he's, you know, between five and six years old. He's just a, a happy, dopey hound. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's we're, adorable. We're he's like, he's a, such a beautiful dog too. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I feel like you can't even see his scar probably cause you did such a great job with, oh, with the surgery and yeah. fixing him up. I mean, it's there, but like, but I don't know. I don't think you could see it that, that much either. Like he's just. Yeah, yeah, he's cute. I couldn't he's really see it that much. I so if, if if he was a, a human um, trauma patient, I, I would, and and as the oral maxillofacial surgeon, I would fix him like this, and then now we would send him to plastics to fix his skull. <laughs> <laughs> Tyson, don't listen to him. You're, You're beautiful cute. just the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty sweet. So that led to a number of pets coming from other places, including Fiji, uh, Qatar, Mexico. Um, so I, now and then I'll just get somebody ask somebody tag me in a in, in a wounded dog, mm-hmm. um, and when I can, I'll I'll try to support them coming over. We, we brought we brought a, a dog with a pretty bad um, chemical burn from Qatar to Wisconsin and, and treated her. And she's, she's here, got adopted in, in here in Wisconsin. Aww. And that's, that's quite amazing. far away. I think that like Qatar is probably on the, is like on the opposite side of the world. Sure. Is, really, yeah. isn't yeah. it? That's yeah. quite a long flight. For that's a, a big flight to come yeah. to Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't think most people fly to Wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> when they, when they visit the U S <laughs> no. so, she's really, yeah. There, all these animals are, or getting the full tour of the U.S. <laughs> um, so I, so we've talked a lot about your work and and Tyson. A little bit more about your work. It's not really part of our general questions. I think our questions are probably quite basic for you because they're very much <laughs> like from the dog mom, dog dad, you know, perspective of like, oh, you know, Excellent. that kind of thing. Like and so questions. we. Okay, good. Well, we do have quite a good, few of them. because we have lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of them from our, uh, we sourced all, most of these from our listeners, directly from our listeners. So um, hopefully they'll they'll be able to take away. But I do want to just have a quick question more about the more specific work you do, because you mentioned like different, like developing different methods for mandibular like fracture fixation and then also 3D printing and yeah. I just want to know, like, if you could give us a little bit more info about maybe more of the specific intense stuff that you do as well. In a, in a, like a, explain it like I'm five way because. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the main, the main um, 3D printing that I do um, is to augment, to go along with the CT scans. So when you do a CT scan, it's basically um, radiographs in, in slices, and then you can add those slices together to make a 3D image so you can see what the skull looks like or the bone looks like in three dimensions on the computer screen so you can you can plan your surgery based on that and then one step further is you you send that file to a, a printer you know it's a little more technical than that but you just print that skull with or or bone or what have you with that injury you get to hold and feel and and touch the wound and you can do dress rehearsals on it. You can pre-contour implants like plates that you're going to be placing on these really um, odd-shaped um, bones. Um, so that's that's one of the main methods we or things we use a 3D printer for. But we're also printing. We're working on a project now to um, print um, splints that are very similar to like um, the trays that you would you would use as a a bite guard um, so that the teeth fit perfectly into that plate and they only fit into that splint if the bone is aligned normally. So once you put those teeth into the splint properly, the bone lines up and then that splint is, is perfectly rigid. So it'll uh, pull the bone into normal opposition so it can heal. Oh. It's like doggy orthodonture. I mean, like I know it's moving the yeah. bone rather than the teeth. 
I was thinking that too, like yeah. braces. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh, funny you say that. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at doing kind of a, an Invisalign type um, 3D printed um, uh, aligner uh, to help tip teeth that are deviated in a, in an abnormal position as well. So we do, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be using 3d printing to do corrections of orthodontic trauma as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, as, as a dentist, we do orthodontics, um, quite frequently. So. Is your mission to take away all the snaggle tooths from the internet? The snaggle tooth dogs. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'd be quite upset about that. Not at <laughs> all. Quite charming. Tyson, you'll have to take a look, but Tyson is quite the snaggletooth. Um, <laughs> one of his mandibular canines, one of his lower canines sticks out. Now I could pull it into normal position, mm -hmm. but it doesn't hurt him. It's not a problem for him. Right. The reason we do orthodontics typically is not to give a patient a straight, perfect smile, but to take teeth that are causing trauma and put them in a, an, an atraumatic occlusion. So one of the most common orthodontic cases we have is the lower canine teeth. Um, if they're tipped towards the tongue, they'll hit the palate. Um, oh, okay. Tip them out yeah. um, towards the cheek so they're in normal splayed position. So they're, they're, they're very basic orthodontic treatments and orthodontic yeah. movements relative to some of the translational work that we're doing with people these days. Right. Um, so no, snaggle fine. <laughs> as long as they as long as they don't hurt. <laughs> um, well, I think that sounds so cool. I didn't realize, I mean, this, yeah, this sounds stupid, but I didn't realize <laughs> the depth, I guess, of, of the dental surgical like abilities that, that people have within the veterinary world, at least. Cause I, I guess I just never even thought about it. Cause personally I had, um, an underbite and so I had like the orthodontic jaw surgery and everything. And so you've seen dogs with like underbites or overbites. And I just always was like, it's not really fixable. Maybe you could change a tooth or something. But the, the thought that you can change that and if, if it's needed, of course, is yeah. really, yeah. Like that's really, really interesting that you can do all that. Can, can dogs get fillings, like cavity fillings? Or what if they have like a chipped tooth? Can, can they get like a, of a knee rather than pulling it or something? Oh, absolutely. And, and so one of the things... The, the primary care vets will most commonly do if there's a fractured tooth with pulp exposure, which means the tooth is going to die or, or will is, is already dead. In, in those cases, the, the, the primary care vet will normally extract the tooth or they'll refer to a dentist to save the tooth. Um, and we'll do a root canal treatment on that tooth. Um, plus or minus put a crown on it. And the, the great thing about doing endodontic therapy like root canal treatments is it's much less invasive than an extraction. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a, a canine tooth, for example, the fangs of a dog, about one third of the tooth is the crown that you can see and two thirds um, or even more is the root. Mm -hmm. And to get that root out, you have to make a big flap and, and remove um, in some cases, significant amount of bone. So it's, it's quite invasive to extract teeth in some instances. Yeah. Uh, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, to do a root canal treatment, yeah. you just have to remove the pulp, disinfect the inside of the tooth, fill that tooth up with an inert material and seal it, and then do a, a kind of a, a restoration or a filling. Yeah. And after that, you can put a crown on it. And we typically use metal crowns. Okay. Mm. So we I'm can not getting use, like a gold yeah. grill. Oh, yeah. Some dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some dog. Yeah. My last dog um, had, had uh, two gold teeth. He had... His lower canine teeth, so his mandibular fangs, had uh, had uh, gold crowns. That's cute. So That's fancy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Lupin's up for a dental soon. I'm going to get him all, all squared away. All grilled. At, yeah. If you look closely at the police dogs, a lot of them do have um, uh, crowns, and they have metal crowns because they're much stronger um, right. to protect those teeth because they're doing a lot of bite work, mm -hmm. uh, and that often traumatizes the teeth. Hmm. I didn't think of that, but that, yeah. that, like the stuff that you, okay, we'll, we'll get into that. Cause we do have questions about <laughs> things that dogs should and shouldn't bite and mm -hmm. teeth yeah. protecting the teeth. Um, so just to kick it off with the basic questions, what are the signs and symptoms of bad dental health in dogs? So, I mean, we are a dog podcast, but I assume a lot of this stuff talks about cats too. So if, if that differs between cats or dogs or anything, feel free to 
to say so. There's obviously a lot of crossover, a lot of similarities between most mammals, actually, with regards to the most common disease that we all share, which is um, periodontitis, or that's inflammation or infection of the supporting structures of the teeth. So um, attachment loss of the tooth. The, the common signs that our dogs and cats, but let's just keep it to dogs, the common signs that our dogs will, will have uh, would just be halitosis or bad breath. Um, if you take a look at the teeth, you might see red gums. If you try to brush the teeth, it may be sensitive. They may bleed easily, um, depending on the extent of, of the disease or the phase of the disease, because it may be quiescent or quiet at times and then become inflamed um, in, in cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing, the main thing that pet owners would notice is just bad breath. And they may think bad breath is normal. Um, it, it's not. It's an indication, um, of, of pathology or disease in the mouth. So certain bacteria that, uh, are pathogenic or, or bad bacteria, um, cause these, these odors, these sulfur compounds that, that, uh, we, we know as halitosis. And, uh, it's, if you have bad breath, it's definitely an indication that something is, is not right. Okay. And so dental health is, is important just because there could be some kind of disease that's kind of rotting away. Yeah, exactly. All up in their face. In, in a very simplistic way of, of putting it, which is really important is, is, is just that, you know, the tissues are, are, are infected and inflamed and they're rotting away from the teeth. And, um, Mother Nature has it so that the teeth will eventually fall out. But, but as my uh, my mentor said, Mother Nature is a son of a bitch and takes too long. <laughs> in in nature, I, I I'm 45 years old, and in in nature, I I wouldn't have teeth. Uh, we lose our teeth in our 20s normally. Um, what? The, yeah, yeah. The reason we have Crazy. teeth is because most of us do something highly ritualistic. Um, we take this vibrating plastic stick with nylon bristles and we put it against our teeth for two minutes two or three times a day and then we take nylon thread in between each of our teeth every day Uh, and then we go to a a dentist to clean our teeth on top of that every six months just so we can keep our teeth Um, we're not genetically programmed to keep our teeth beyond our 30s oh wow that's mad Hmm. So like you literally blow my mind with 20s that. is where it's at apparently guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everything goes downhill. I don't even remember uh, my 20s. <laughs> um so so why do dogs keep their teeth for so long? Like I think there's a lot of dogs out there that will have decent teeth for most of their life when they have very very little care taken care yeah, of their teeth. Yeah. I think that's um that's a misnomer. They don't have decent teeth. Okay. We know we know from really good scientific research that eighty um, percent of over eighty percent of dogs by the age of three years old have periodontitis. So that's inflammation um, uh, leading to attachment loss of their teeth. So lots of dogs will live to twelve or thirteen and still have their teeth, um, but they're not healthy. The teeth are. are mm not healthy. And if they are, they're a very, um, very unique genetic specimen, you know, because I, I'll always hear a client say, Oh, I don't know why my dog has such bad teeth because my last dog lived to 16, never had any dental care and his teeth were perfect. Well, I, I, I promise you they, they weren't, uh, <laughs> glad that you didn't have any obvious clinical signs of your dog suffering, but we know from, we know, um, from, a, a large amount of scientific evidence that that's almost impossible. Your, your dog did have dental disease. Okay. So one of our listeners said, you know, she was submitting the questions when mm-hmm. I asked what what questions you have for a vet dentist. And, and the question she had, she was like, you know what? I feel like my parents, you know, dogs growing up that I knew it was never something that was talked about was like dog dental health. It was never like, oh, it's time for their routine dental cleaning, which maybe Maybe it was in some areas, but I know I didn't, don't really remember that being a thing either for our family pet growing up. And so, so I guess maybe they did have the issue and it wasn't as common. They did and we just didn't take care of it. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's like the, a new thing or not a new thing, but it's like a hot thing right now. I think there's all these dog moms in the world that are like, 
dog moms and dog dads that are way more attentive to the health of their dog and what exactly is going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a, there's a heightened awareness and I think that's really great. You know, it, it, if you look at the human dental world, it wasn't until after World War II before preventative dentistry became a thing. You know, people didn't brush their teeth twice a day and go to the hygienist every six months. They went to the dentist to get their teeth out in their 20s because they hurt. Oh. And they, they actually had parties when they got their dentures. You know? I want to have a party crazy. if I have to get dentures. <laughs> it would make That's... it way more fun. Yeah. I have terrible teeth. So I'm like, I'm imagining me having to get denter- dentures when I'm like 40. So in what way do you have terrible teeth? Well, it's they're they're just really between the the jaw issues that I had growing up. So I had a lot of it was like the teeth were on top of each other. So it was a lot of just wear and tear. And so they're extra sensitive They're And I also have like a highly acidic saliva, apparently, which also is causing I don't know, <laughs> it's, it's this whole thing. I, I used to want to be an orthodontist. That was what I went to, into undergrad for is because I was so excited. Like I loved all of that stuff because I grew up basically in a, in a dentist chair. Um, <laughs> and But yeah, so it's just it's like one thing or another. It's fine. So with like, my, it's fine. Carly, it's fine. With, all, with all those um, dental concerns that you have, can you imagine if you didn't grow up in a dental chair? And can you imagine if you grew up in the 1920s when brushing your teeth wasn't a thing? You'd no. be gums. Oh, gums. I would. All of my marriage prospects would have been out the door. I would have been the spinster, the old maid. <laughs> no, you'd, you'd put your beautiful smile in every morning when you got up. And then when you go to bed, you put it in a cup of uh, disinfection solution. And, and that's just what everyone, yeah, that's what everyone did. A large part of the population did. But Okay. Getting back, getting back <laughs> to the the gums, you were mentioning the whole kind of gum disease and stuff. So I've heard that that like bacteria, I guess, or that like those, that inflammation from the gums can really easily be swallowed down and affect the internal organs. Is that, is that true? I, I, I don't think that's necessarily uh, a major issue. I think the stomach acids and the and the gastrointestinal tract would digest um, bacteria that you're swallowing. However, that inflammation is in the bloodstream and it just doesn't stay in your in in your gum tissues. It's it's circulating throughout your body. And we know that from human studies as well as veterinary studies that those bacteria that are most commonly found in the oral cavity can can end up in the heart, in the lungs, uh, the kidneys, the liver, and even the brain. So not only do the bacteria circulate through the body, you have a bacterial shower in your bloodstream every time you brush your teeth. And that's, that's just well known. Um, and the, body, the immune system can typically handle that. But if you have a huge inflammatory reaction, um, the, in, the immune system can be overwhelmed. And we know, we know from, from human medicine and human dentistry that when you have a patient with severe periodontitis, these inflamed mouths that you see dogs requiring full mouth extractions for, you know, really, really rotted out mouths. Those people have, have inflammatory condition throughout their body, including their brain. And they suffer from depression, lack of motivation. Um, women that have periodontal disease have low birth weights. Um, they have problems with pregnancies. They're definitely links to other systemic diseases, including diabetes. Um, so it's, it's not just dental disease. The, 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 the mouth is kind of the gateway to the rest of the body and, and everything's connected. And, and it's the very same thing in our dogs. Wow. Truth bomb. <laughs> I know. Right there. Yeah. Just wow. So, um, basically dental hygiene is important for your pet because otherwise it could lead to some very severe other health issues in the body. Yeah. It, um, and I assume, well, I guess it depends on the health issue, but um, it would almost be silly to, you know, sort those health issues out, but then not sort out the, the mouth because that's right. it would just continue to happen until you get it sorted exactly. out. Exactly. So in, in human dentistry uh, in, in, in America, in the U S if in, in medicine, sorry, if, if a, a doctor diagnoses diabetes, they're obligated to refer to a periodontist or a dentist. You have to have dental treatment. 
before really? you can like to, to go along with management of the diabetes because you can't manage diabetes effectively if you have chronic inflammation in the body. And so, if, so you have to have dental treatment. Um, and this is something that is, we're way behind, we're way behind in veterinary medicine. So internal medicine specialists, as well as general practitioners, when they diagnose diabetes in a dog or cat, that dental care is absolutely paramount, absolutely needed. Um, and, and we're just not on top of it enough. Right. That's just one example. Yeah. And are there, um, are there breeds who typically have worse teeth than others or is it pretty similar across the line? I think there, there, there are, um, definitely smaller breeds are probably overrepresented. Um, and a very simplified way of looking at it is, you know, periodontitis, inflammation of the supporting structures of the teeth, and, and loss of those supporting structures, so loss of the collagen, the gum tissue, the bone, um, is going to, to be a bigger effect in a smaller dog. So let's say you have three millimeters of bone loss. So that's a three millimeter, let's say a pocket, you know, when your dentist is probing. Three millimeters on a German Shepherd might be insignificant, but three millimeters in a tiny little Maltese could be the whole root. Mm, right. Um, so, so that's a simplistic way of looking at it, but they're, they're just so much smaller that, you know, um, the, the, the effect of a similar amount of attachment loss is, is more profound. There, there's likely also some genetic factors where certain breeds, um, you know, throw up a bigger immune reaction or an inflammatory response to these plaque bacteria. Some dogs don't seem to have a lot of plaque, whereas others, um, other breeds have maybe potentially a, a higher plaque biofilm. Um, so there, there are so many factors in, yeah. involved. All we know is, you know, bring it, bring it down to what can we do? We can remove the plaque mechanically. So mm-hmm. brushing teeth and then having a, a, a dental hygienist or a veterinarian clean those teeth regularly um, to try and mitigate the reaction of, of that plaque bacteria. And when you say regular dental cleanings, um, is it like a human, like every six or 12 months, um, or is it different for dogs? Uh, it, it's, it's different for every dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Just depending of, on how quickly the plaque builds up or yeah, diet dependent? The plaque, shouldn't, the plaque shouldn't build up any quicker on one animal than another. We know the plaque starts to form immediately after it's removed. So a, after I get my teeth cleaned, um, a biofilm uh, starts to accumulate um, and, and I've got plaque on my teeth within, within hours. Um, mm. And that's why we're, that, that plaque will, will harden and form calculus um, within a day or two. So that's why we're brushing a couple times a day. So we, what I recommend for my pets and, and I try to walk the talk with Tyson is brushing once a day. And most, most dogs are going to benefit, uh, have enough benefit from a, an annual professional dental cleaning. Okay. Um, and that's a good opportunity to, you know, do a full assessment because we can't really assess a dog's periodontal health without anesthesia. Right. Um, and you can have a lot of change in one year. There are uh, plenty of patients, um, and maybe some of them will actually listen to this uh, <laughs> podcast, p- patients of mine who I recommend, I've recommended coming every six months. And we even have uh, quite a few at the UW coming every four months for cleanings. Wow. Uh, when they're, when they're, you know, in that highly reactive um, category of patient. Right. And um, so we kind of touched on it a little, a little bit that the smaller breeds are a little bit more um, overrepresented. Is that because they just have a smaller mouth and then their teeth are kind of on top of each other? There, that's one of the factors, absolutely. So you get you, you don't have diastomer space between the teeth, so the teeth are often crowded. This is something we see in the brachycephalic breeds as well, the squished-in faces, like the pugs mm-hmm. and the bulldogs and the the, uh, the Boston Terriers. Their, their teeth are so crowded um, that they don't have a heavy bone stock between and around supporting those teeth. Um, when they're crowded, you have more plaque accumulation as well as uh, – you know, food debris that, that will incorporate in the plaque biofilm. So that, that's one of the factors uh, in, the, in the smaller dogs and, uh, and the dogs with 
um, with squished in faces as the, as the dog was, you know, bred from the archetype, which is the wolf, the, the, the mouth got smaller and smaller and smaller, but the teeth didn't get proportionally smaller. Right. So the teeth are definitely like the teeth of a chihuahua are definitely smaller than the teeth of a wolf, but not to the same degree as the difference in size of the skull. Okay. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I think that's really good for people who either have one of those uh, brachycephalic or the or just a small breed like a chihuahua or something like that. That it, it's pretty. It's good for them to know. You know, maybe you just rescued a chihuahua from a shelter or something. It's good to know that that you may run into health issue or dental issues or, you know, the dog may need a few extractions or something just because there isn't as much space. So I think that's good. We touched on that. Definitely common. Yeah. And um, so this is one of the questions from our, um, from our listeners. She had, which I think we've kind of touched on. Um, so she has one, she has two dogs and um, they're the same breed, same age. Um, one develops a uh, tartar faster than the other one. Is there a reason for that or is it purely kind of genetics? There's, there's likely a genetic component to that. There could be an occlusion um, component as well. So the teeth might not be coming together in the same way, even though they're the same breed. Okay. Um, they may not be using their teeth the same. So there is a, there is a mechanical removal of, of some of the plaque when they bite down on things um, naturally. Um, and so there may be an occlusal difference between the two dogs, but likely there's a, a genetic component. Okay. Yeah. Just um, like humans, we're all different. <laughs> okay. So another question from a listener. So, and you kind of touched on this earlier when, when you mentioned the police dogs, is there anything that dogs commonly chew on that is actually not good for their teeth or, you know, are there like certain toys or certain things that maybe they shouldn't chew on during a certain uh, developmental stage or anything like that? Yes. Great question. I'm really happy that your uh, listener posed this question because it's it's so important because you can go to the pet store um, and there's a, a, a wall of chew um, items mm-hmm. and that wall of chew items is also a reason that I'm here at Wisconsin. I think of my career here somewhat as, uh, obviously it's a transition, but somewhat as um, semi-retirement. <laughs> I built my retirement home. Um, I've made so much money off that wall of chew toys. <laughs> okay. Okay. A, a dog should not chew something hard. So okay. if you wouldn't chew it, don't let your dog chew it. Your dentist doesn't want you chewing ice cubes mm-hmm. because ice cubes is one of the most common things that break teeth. So can you imagine if your dentist saw you chewing on an elk antler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably time. wouldn't be happy. Yeah, <laughs> you break all your teeth, and 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 a, and a dog's teeth where they're chewing are their cheek teeth, the side teeth, um, and those teeth are actually not occluding together. Those teeth form a shear. They work like a scissor. Right. Mm-hmm. The upper jaw is wider than the lower jaw, and the, the teeth form a, a shear. So if you take something hard and take your scissors and try to cut that, the scissors will twist. And that's exactly what uh, happens with the twist and break. Yeah. And then, then, then I get to do a root canal treatment and a crown for a whole bunch of money. And, <laughs> you know, so if I was unethical, what I would do is I would just go for a hike, pick up a whole bunch of deer sheds, cut them up, shrink wrap them and, and brand it grand pet dentist, all natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and people buy that they, they they pay forty bucks for a six inch piece of deer antler when you can just walk down walk through the forest and find it. It's highly unnatural. It, wolves in the wild will never chew an antler. They don't even chew long bones of their prey. If you look at the stomach contents of a wolf, yes, there are bones there. Those are rodent and small mammal bones. When right. they, crushed and swallow a rodent hole. They'll they will break rib bones or flat bones, but they don't chew hard objects or they'll break their teeth too. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because you hear a lot of people who say like, you know, chewing on a bone will help clean their teeth. Yeah. Like oh, a raw like a marrow bone or something oh, like yeah. that. It definitely does help clean those teeth. 
But guess what? It also breaks those teeth. Um, oh. So a broken tooth, clean or dirty, doesn't matter to me. It's a broken mm-hmm. tooth. Right. So the benefit of, the, of, of chewing hard objects to clean the teeth is far outweighed by the negative impact of breaking the teeth. So never, never, never would I recommend a dog chew on a bone, which is so, um, in, in a sense, ironic because, you know, most dog tags are stylized in the shape of a femur bone. Yeah. Um, we, mm-hmm. we've got a, a cookie jar for Tyson that is the shape of a femur bone. You know, yeah. we're, we're pre-programmed to think dogs are synonymous with chewing bones. Yeah. I um, mean, there's the saying, give a dog a bone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So give a dog a bone and give your vet dentist your visa number. <laughs> I'm so happy that we've talked about that. This is, you know what? This entire reason is why we, why we started the podcast, or at least one yeah. of my main things, is because it's like, I would totally do that. I would buy Lupin, these marrow bones, antlers, all these things, because it's branded natural. And I'm like, oh, well, it's better than him chewing on the plastic, you know, the super hard plastic thing or something and and lo and behold it's like it's really if it's hard it's going to hurt the teeth and he does have teeth problems now like he he has some chipped teeth and stuff Mm yeah and and that's so hard too because as a pet parent you go out you're like i'm gonna treat my dog i'm gonna buy them this really expensive bone which they of course only chew for like two weeks and then they're done with it and and then you have to go out and pay it's like double. You have to go go pay for your dental cleaning afterward or fixing whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the rules of thumb is if it's if you wouldn't chew it, if you wouldn't bite down on it, don't let your dog bite down on it. Mm. If you don't want to whack it off your knee, don't let your dog chew it. If you can't bend it, don't let your dog chew it. If you can't kind of dig your thumbnail into it, it's probably not safe. There's okay. there are things that are are more safe, you know. Um, there's a, a, a product, there, there are some rubber, hard rubber products that are, are more safe. Mm-hmm. There's risk in that though. They could swallow something like that. Um, sticks, you know, you, there are stick foreign bodies that happen all the time. I let my dog chew sticks, I, but I'm also in his mouth making sure he doesn't have a, um, you know, a, a big chunk of stick stuck between teeth. Mm-hmm. There's, we have to decide how risk averse we are. And I don't mm-hmm. think anyone should be taking the risk by letting their dog chew on something hard like a bone or an animal. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you're giving those to help clean their teeth, then you should maybe use that time to just brush their teeth instead and train and them. Nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. against the pet stores, but they, they typically, um, the person explaining to you about these chew items um, are high school students working 16 to 17 hours a week and they have a name tag and it says Nathan uh, nutritional expert but guess what no they're not um they, they did a one hour course with their manager about <laughs> what's in food exactly and, and I think <laughs> their intentions are good yeah. they 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 they're so happy that they get to work at the pet store because they love animals and no one is doing it out of malice it's just they just don't know Um, it's just misinformation. Okay. And we're back. Uh, sorry folks. Carly did have to um, shoot off real quick. So it's just me and Graham. Um, so we were just talking about bones and how bad they are. Um, so don't give bones to your dog. Um, (laughs) and all, um, next question, I guess still touching on the bone thing. So instead of giving your dog a bone to, um, help clean their teeth. We should just be cleaning their teeth. Do you have any um, any recommendations on what the best toothpaste is and what the best brushes are? Uh, I don't have a recommendation for a specific brand or a company. Um, I just recommend a soft bristled human toothbrush. Okay. Um, and if you've got a big dog, use a, a, a fairly large size brush so you have you're getting more surface area. There are a number of different pet toothpastes with different flavors like chicken or malt or mint. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be really great training tools to get your dog to kind of accept you being in their mouth. Um, but truthfully, I think um, the toothpaste isn't nearly as important as just the mechanical um, scrubbing of those teeth 
and breaking up okay. the black biofilm with, with a soft bristled toothbrush. Okay, so you could just forego the toothpaste and just brush. Yeah, I just would. use water. Yeah. So with, with Tyson, I'll, I'll use a, a wet toothbrush, do one side, rinse it, and do the other side, and then okay. it goes to bed. <laughs> and that, yeah, that sounds so simple and easy as well. Um, how about if your dog's a little bit adverse to the toothbrush? Do you have any tips or tricks? Yeah, uh, there are some great, you can, your listeners can just like Google uh, how to brush dog's teeth. I think uh, Cornell University has a really good um, uh, demonstration. But what I recommend is starting with something that your dog likes um, just on your finger and, and you know, start just rubbing their teeth and rubbing their gums with either peanut butter or if mm-hmm. they like cheese whiz or something like this, just so it, and, and do it, do it at the same time, um, every day along with uh, a positive reinforcement. So either, you know, they're give them their favorite toy afterwards or give them their favorite treat afterwards. Um, something, you know, non-threatening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not hurting them. They don't associate it with something negative and then slowly work your way to, you know, putting, either a, a finger toothbrush that are like kind of like a thimble with little bristles yeah. and then graduate to an actual toothbrush with nylon bristles. Okay. So just take your time yeah. and do it, do it every day. If it's not habit, it's not going to happen. Right. You know what? So Arthur had a little tumble the other day and um, had to put him under some radiographs because he, well, he's a drama queen. So just as soon as you try and touch him, if he's hurting, he's like, Oh, please. No. So we had to put him under and I was looking at his teeth and I was like, yeah, need to do something about that. It's uh, not looking so hot in there, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is great because he's an alligator. So like, I definitely need to work on that. I've been focusing on his toenails, but now I need to, <laughs> I need to focus on his teeth. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a similar thing. I think the nails are harder than the teeth though. Yeah, we're more, getting there. More difficult. The teeth are definitely harder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Slowly but surely, we're getting there. One weird corgi thing at a time. We're moving through them. Good. And so there's quite a lot of dental um, products on the market right now. So there's um, dental chews, dental treats. There's drops that you can put in their water. There's dental mm-hmm. supplements. Are those more pseudo sciency or do they actually work so some of those products may have some some scientific evidence to support um you know the, their efficacy um what i would suggest to your listeners is that they, they make sure they at least have a um vohc seal on it so that's the veterinary oral health council okay um they will oversee products um to um and and evaluate science it doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're you know magic potions so there there are a lot of products on the market so it can be quite yeah. confusing for for clients but let, let me put it this way if there was a magic drop water drop um i'd put it in my water if there was a magic <laughs> potion um it would be it would be marketed to to people first the magic is is chlorinated water already so there's 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 um there's chlorine in our water um to to deal with with caries so cavities bacteria that that form cavities but it's not a major issue for um for dogs okay nothing nothing comes close none of these products potions magic gels or, or you know you know sparkle wands have have the effect that a simple toothbrush does so if if it makes you feel good to buy products to put in your dog's water, great. But don't do that in place of toothbrushing. Okay. Brush as well. So brushing is going to be like the gold standard. Definitely. Any of the supplements may help, but isn't going to be the main thing you should be doing for dental health. Focus, focus your time and energy on brushing rather than adding a, um, a, a magic potion in the water or, or what have you. Okay. Good to know because it's marketing is a very funny thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it makes you think all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think that's the same in human health too. One of the, one of the things that, that one of the products that, that 
you know, has shown the most scientific evidence that it's beneficial are some of the dental diets. Okay. Um, and those are really mechanic, mostly um, mechanical. They're just much bigger kibble and they're designed in such a way that um, they don't shatter as soon as the tooth starts to penetrate the kibble. Okay. Um, so it's kind of mimicking the action of a, of a toothbrush, mm-hmm. but it really only happens on those few teeth that crush through the kibble. If you have ever seen your dog's vomitus after or regurgitation <laughs> after they've eaten, you'll notice that most of that kibble wasn't chewed yeah. um, because their teeth are not designed for chewing. I, I talked about the, the, the cheek teeth kind of being like a scissor. Yeah. The teeth are for cutting and tearing meat yeah. and killing their prey. They're not for grinding grains like our teeth. <laughs> you know, they can swallow yeah. something quite large. So your corgi can swallow a small rabbit hole. I promise you. <laughs> um, so if people want to learn more about dentistry, um, tips about how to maintain health and just really more about the kind of 3d printing stuff you do, where can they find you? Where can they get all that info? Um, so definitely the best place to get info about how to take care of their pet teeth is talking to their veterinarian. So they, your, your listeners have a great relationship with their, their primary care veterinarian. And, and the primary care veterinarian is, is probably the best resource for, for information. Um, if they want to know more about what I do, they can um, check out my Instagram. I try to post now and then. It's harder being at the university to, to post things. Um, but my Instagram is Graham Pet Dentist. Um, or they can, they can uh, visit the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine um, website to see some of the, the fun stuff that are, that's come down the pipes. Well, that's great. I'm actually just looking through your Instagram right now and there's everything from uh, CT images to the tiger that you performed surgery on um, and everything like that. So it's super, super interesting if anyone wants to go and take a gander. Um, and thank you so much, Graham, for coming on. We have had such a good time chatting to you today. So many truth bombs. I'm sure everyone's going to be out getting their brushes tomorrow. <laughs> I hope so. And talk to their, their, their primary care vets about getting a, a professional dental cleaning as, as well so that the brushing is more effective. I know. I definitely will be. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Izzy. Well, thank you so much for coming on and we'll chat to you soon. Awesome. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. You can find us on Instagram at With a Dog Podcast. We have a great Facebook community called With a Dog Paparazzi. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with your friends and family. All content on With a Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist. 